What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend Matt Hess, and you're listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. This podcast isn't just for church planters. It's for anyone who loves church planting and wants to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, sir. <laughs> I was about, I was you about to say to, something funny. <laughs> I was about to say young man, but then I was like, mm-hmm. eh. yeah, better not. Better not. Appreciate that. Yeah, man, That's you're getting good. old. Uh, sort of. How old are you? Uh, 32. 32. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel older than 32, though. You're only six years younger than me. I know. I don't. It's, but you I, don't have I, all this gray. I don't act like it, though. Yeah. What do you think you act like? I don't know. I'm, I'm 12? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm just making. I'm, I don't know why I'm. You're like, I'm just making chit chat. I'm just making chit chat on the podcast. <laughs> I was talking to a friend the other day about how um, the, the older I get, like how bad I am at chit chat and small talk. I'm so bad at it. Yeah. Like even uh, I don't believe that actually. No, I it's true. I'm being I'm being completely serious. Yeah. How how much can you really talk about the weather? You know, it's like on on uh Sunday mornings after like uh after the service, you know, you're talking to people. It's like you, after you get to know them and stuff like that, like how often can you I don't know, you can I'm good at making up new things to ask mm-hmm. and then carry the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I can do that. But just like the chit chat. Oh, yeah, sure. The small talk. No, oh, it's cold out there. Today. Well, we do live in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's true. Yeah. It is I, winter. I don't like those. I don't like those conversations because I just think it gets awkward really quickly. Yeah. And, you know, it's, so it's what do you pretty eat for obvious. Lunch today? Yeah. It's pretty obvious. You don't really have anything significant to talk about. And so you're just trying to, you know, keep up appearances or something like that and yeah and i was just trying like, to say something yeah hey so uh i was in uh i was in collierville which is outside of memphis Collierville, tennessee i know that place last week so we went to we worshiped with first baptist church in collierville and uh got to uh got to talk to lots of different folks and man i ran into like several people who mentioned the podcast and were like yeah we listen to your podcast and wow all the time and so i think that uh uh, Wink Rush is apparently like really, really promoting us like big time. And so, uh, Wink big, Wood, big shout out to Wink. Shout out Wink Rush. Cause, uh, we, yeah, really appreciate that. There's another guy there named Andy Ashford. Yeah. Did you I meet met, Andy? I met Andy. He listens to the podcast. Andy's a great shout guy. Shout out Andy. Yeah. He listens all the time. He t- he'll text me, but yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, man. That, that church is amazing. It is just such a good church. Such an incredible place, man. It is. Yeah. Really enjoy our time there. We always love going there. It's kind of become like a little second home because yeah, it's, man. it's halfway between Toronto and Austin where my yeah. family lives. And so it's the perfect pit stop. So we're able to go and see our Collierville family yeah. whenever we're on the way to Texas. But, yeah. uh, this is our sending church, by the way, yeah, if you're new yeah. to the list, to the uh, podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Sending church, Collierville First Baptist. I saw Pastor Chuck interviewed you guys. Yeah, he did. Did he, he ask good. you the tough, hard, hard line questions? No, he gave me a softball. Yeah. I smacked it out of the park. Boom. See ya. <laughs> no, he, I think he asked us about stuff. um he asked us about the impact that uh mission teams have on oh, cool. church plants and then uh he asked Jen I can't remember what he asked Jen, but he asked Jen a really good question too and she got to share some. So it was good. Awesome, man. Yeah, man. So very cool. Man, get you get you a ascending church like First Baptist Carterville. Mm-hmm. They're they're great. I can't, Absolutely. This is this episode isn't about sending churches, but I can't uh overestimate the value of having strong sending churches that Absolutely. are there for you and they're amazing. Um, you, yeah. you know, what's so funny is every time I'm with pastor, you know, Chuck will be like, um, 
man, what can we do more? Like, I just, I feel like we can do more. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, you're amazing. Yep. Like, and, um, you know, they're, yeah, they, they're just great, man. People, mm-hmm. people ask me all the time, you know, like, cause they know how good they are. They'll say like, what would you say to a sinning church? And so we're able to speak into it a lot, but yep. there are good ones and there are bad ones. It's true. It's true. Well, they're an example of a good one. Absolutely. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about a, a subject that, that's, that hits home for me. That's, you know, I think personal in nature for me in many ways. And it's also a topic that is, I think, becoming more and more important. Yeah. Um, and that's depression within the ministry. And we're going to come at it from specifically from a church planting angle um, because, uh, you know, uh, it's obviously depression and, you know, mental health is a, uh, is becoming more and more prevalent in ministry as a yeah. whole. But I do think that, you know, we always uh, say that, you know, church planting magnifies everything, right? Yeah. So when you're church planting, uh, all the pressure gets magnified. Uh, you know, the, the isolation or the loneliness gets magnified. It just ramps up uh, the pressure and the volume. Yeah. And so uh, I think that it becomes even more of a threat mm. for church planters and church planting spouses, uh, the, the spouse of church planters. So, um, I guess, Matt, we'll, we'll start off by, I just want to ask you, do you think that this, that depression within ministry and church planning is a bigger issue uh, than maybe we realize? Like, do you think it's getting the attention that it needs to get? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, uh, unfortunately, it's getting a lot of attention right now because, um, tragically, um, it seems like, I don't want to say a lot, but it seems like... M- several leaders have taken their own lives mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so it's getting more attention. It's always a shame. We live in a society, we live in a world where, um, uh, problems don't, don't get spotlighted until tragedies occurred. Yep. But, um, but yeah, I feel like it, I feel like for years it, it didn't. However, I mean, I feel like for a long time, I mean, golly, you go back, I'm sure we'll talk about him, but you know, you go back to guys like Spurgeon and others who, who famously, we're depressed, you mm-hmm. know, um, and and uh, or that melancholy of spirit is what they used to call it. Yep. And uh, I, I think for a long time it didn't get a lot of attention because I think there was an an era where pastors were really not supposed to talk about those things. And I still think, I mean, there's many cultures, obviously. I mean, big church culture where guys still feel like they can't talk about it because of you know they can't be transparent about those things or they say that kind of stuff. Right? They're gonna get you know, maybe removed from their pastor. It, it's sad to even say that out loud, but in, in some cases it's true. Yep. So I, I, I think that it, it is a big issue. I, th- I do believe it's a bigger issue than what we realize. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around depression and anxiety specifically. Um, and I know we'll, we'll unpack that more, but, but yeah, I think it's starting to get more attention. I know our, our tribe, uh, North American Mission Board and, and uh, the SIN Network is, trying to bring more focus to it for Mm -hmm. guys that wrestle with it. Yeah, I I agree. I think that the North American mission board uh, is doing a a really good job of providing more resources, uh, highlighting it. Um, I'm not sure about other church planning organizations, like, cause I don't have an inside look at at all the resources that they offer, but I do see the North American mission board, um, you know, making efforts to be intentional about addressing it. Um, you know, I've seen studies that suggest that anywhere from one third to one half of evangelical pastors struggle mm. with depression, yeah. which is uh, an incredibly high Staggering. number. Yeah, it really is when you think about it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and I know that uh, just here in Oshawa, like we, we live in a, a city on the east end of Toronto that's about 170,000 people. 
And there's a large church here. They're they're not from our tribe. They're not they're not a, a Baptist church, but a evangelical church, large church. And their pastor took their own life uh, just like two years ago. Yeah, uh, while we were living here, and and so it just big, seems. A, I didn't mean to cut you off. A big church in Ajax, which is not too far from us. Yep. Uh, I think they're like a fundamental church, but um, he took his life about yeah. ten years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. It just seems like you hear those stories with more regularity. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's because it's happening more or if it's because of the nature of social media. We just hear about it more. Yeah. I think maybe there's a little bit of both going on there. Yeah, probably uh, that, so. Uh, you know, uh, I, I do think that pastors are, are probably struggling more so now than they were uh, with depression because I think that studies have shown that society as a whole is struggling more. I mean, we've got, we prescribe more prescription, you know, mental health medication than by far than any other, you know, point in, in history in modern history yeah. today. Yeah. So it seems like, um, everything's getting medicated. Everything. So, uh, so what do you think is causing this epidemic of depression, uh, amongst pastors and church planters? Yeah. You know, I mean, church planters, like, first of all, I would say the isolation, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, the, the, uh, being, being, um, trying, trying to do something on your own or, or even if you have a small team or a a good sized team, you can still feel isolated. You can still feel like you don't have people to talk with Mm -hmm. about your problems. You, You still feel like you can't be transparent with them, you know, and, um, there's not that person, you know, that they can go and they can talk with and say like, man, I have this, I have this problem or I have this issue that, that is like plaguing me continuously. And, so I think that's one. I think that's a big. I think that's a big thing where where guys feel like they're isolated. I think another thing too is guys feel like they have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, um, sometimes, you know, there is clinical depression where there's imbalances and medication is necessary, and I absolutely, full heartedly, wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, however, I think sometimes we exasperate things from a spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. Because we don't rest in the spirit. We don't allow the spirit to do what he wants to do. And what I mean by that is we take ownership of everything. Like everything falls and uh, dies and starts with us, you know. So like if our church gets off up, up off the ground and is doing great, awesome. It's I did that. You know, if it doesn't do well like or, you know, it fall, falters, oh, man, I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so sometimes it's an improper understanding um, of our identity and who we are in Christ and what he does and what we do mm-hmm. and, and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, I, I think that what you just touched on for me is probably, I, I think that's hitting on the real root of the problem. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it comes down to a theological issue really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that we have, so if you think about the way that churches are structured and even the way that most churches are planted now, uh, you know, we use terms like lead pastor, yep. lead church planter. And typically what happens is that you've got a guy or a couple uh, and they're they're usually, you know, pretty gifted people. Uh, but they take on and they shoulder the responsibility of getting everything started. Yeah. So they're wearing uh, every hat you can think of. Um, they are trying to recruit a team of volunteers around them, yeah. but they're far more invested in the work than anybody else is. And so uh, they are uh, going into a situation where a lot of times they have, you know, financial backing or something like that for a certain amount of time. And so there's pressure on them to be able to get a work going, to be able to grow a church, 
um, and they're shouldering all of it on their own. And that's exacerbated by them not depending on the spirit, but beginning to, um, you know, take on that burden themselves and feel like I've got to do something to get my church to grow. or I've got to do something yeah. to get this work off the ground. And they begin to wear that and to feel it. And it just, um, I think it's just unrealistic expectations. And I think that yeah. the way that we're structuring our churches is we're setting guys up to be able to shoulder a certain amount of pressure that no one person was ever meant to shoulder. Yeah. Right? We have to, we have to change. I mean, we, we've, we've, we bang this drum constantly on this podcast and um, in our network, I know, but we have to change, man. There's, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking with a, just a, a really a, a good friend, but a really brilliant missional mind that I've always really respected. We were talking about this the other day, how it, it doesn't happen overnight though. I mean, like it takes a long time to get that ship turned around you can't just say like oh we're gonna start doing it this way instead Mm -hmm. yeah good luck with that like (laughs) you people man people have to i I think people have to have experienced some of the weightiness of of planting in the wrong format and what i mean by that is um you know everything being on that one guy and you know think about what we typically look for we typically look for like what is it? The uh, you're, you're a big baseball guy, you know. The, we need the, the fi- five tool. We need the five tool baseball player. Yeah. player you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really hard guy to find. Mm-hmm. But like the, uh, but then we take it into church planning too. We need the five tool church planner. Yep. He's got to be great with people. Got to be a great expositor. Got to be a you know this great that. shepherd. Golly man, counselor. Like, they just we don't mm-hmm. see that in scripture. No. I mean like, so I think that to in order to get that thing turned around. It's going to take time, but it's going to take some people who have experienced some of the burnout or some of the depression, the anxiety, the angst, and mm-hmm. trying to do it in the improper model. Yep. And I and I want to be careful saying improper. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, don't don't hear me say that and think like, oh, Matt's saying I'm doing it the improper way. Mm-hmm. Run your race, brother. Run your race, race, sister. I'm not I'm not throwing stones. I'm saying like for us, what we've discovered is that it's a really hard road to hoe in this context if you say to a guy like, hey, it's mm-hmm. on you. And it leads to depression. It leads to stress. It leads to anxiety, you know? Yep. And you you got to have a team. Mm-hmm. you got to have a team of gifted people. Yep. So what? You're a really good preacher. Awesome. You probably shouldn't preach every week. Yep. Not in church, but anyways. Mm. If you got the infrastructure and you got the established church, you got a big machine behind you to do that, and you can spend a lot of your time preparing sermons, and that's your primary thing, man, do it. Mm-hmm. That's what you're called to do. Do it. But... I think in church planning, if we're going to be unique to church planning, what we're talking about today with depression, anxiety, it, it can't be that way. Yeah. It has to be a team model. Yep. The other, the other problem that gets introduced when you don't have the team model is that that I think uh, tends to lead to a higher likelihood of isolation. Yeah, because for sure. If, if you're the only guy at the, I mean, we don't talk like this and I don't think mo- most guys, you know, most of our listeners would never think of themselves as like, I'm at the top of this pyramid of leadership, yeah. right? Like we, I think everybody would agree, like, no, we're a body, right? Like, yeah. like every, like if God's put us in a position of leadership, it's, it's by grace. But uh, I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves, guys. I mean, like if we're, if we've got a, a lead pastor type of a model of church plant and people are looking to you as the leader to make the final calls to, 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 to call the shots, yeah. then it, you are naturally going to, I think the majority of guys in that position are naturally going to find it 
harder to be really honest with the other people on their team yeah. because they're going to feel like they can't. Because if I'm pastor, if everybody's looking at me as I'm their pastor, uh, you know, how can you really be fully honest and, 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 fully disclose everything that's going on in your life, to the people around yeah. you. And so a lot of guys don't have anybody to do that with. No. And so, I mean, man, like that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It not only can it lead to depression, but that's what we've talked about this before. That's what can lead to moral failure because guys begin to look for outlets and unhealthy ways, yeah. things like that. So absolutely. You know, the, um, the team perspective is, you know, we talk about team planting for the, for the gift sets, but just team in general, it's like, if, you know, if you don't have that team, when you do feel depressed and you do feel down or whatever it might be like, you can't, you don't have that person or that group of people even that you can talk about with those things. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really challenging for yep. you. Yep. Absolutely. I think the other thing too, I just want to touch on this because, mm -hmm. you know, the comparison and compare, comparing yep. yourself to other pe people, yep. uh, like before we move on, I just feel like we should really touch on that because, um, I think it's kind of like the, un I think it's kind of like the elephant in the room, you know? And I, I, mean, I just feel led to say this, the greatest comparison will lead to depression. It will absolutely mm -hmm. lead to depression. But, and if you're in the beginning seasons of your plant, you're like, no, I'm for everybody. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> wait, wait until like your buddy that you went to seminary with, his church is exploding and you can't get like 10 people into your gathering or whatever it might be. And you start to really feel that, right? And you're mm -hmm. like, I'm a loser on this, that. You start to compare yourself. The number one way to to prevent depression in terms of comparison, obviously is identity in Christ. That's the obvious one. But secondly, mm -hmm. I would say encourage, encourage, encourage. Mm -hmm. If you, <laughs> if I wish I would have discovered this way before I ever got into church planning, but, and this is for anybody listening to this today. If you will build up, if you will use whatever platform God has given you to build up and encourage other people, man, I don't know what happens. It's just a spiritual exercise that when you start to train yourself, when you see on social media, somebody's church doing this, man, praise God. Mm -hmm. Don't just say praise God. Like make a comment, say, man, praise God. I'm mm -hmm. praying right now. I'm praising God right now for you. And That's then good. message that brother or text them and say, man, if you know him personally, man, I'm, I'm so excited to see what you're, what God's doing through you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you, you know, it just, it does something It protects your heart from getting cold or from, and, and people's like, well, I thought we were talking about comparison. We we're talking about depression. Well, here's the thing. If you're always comparing yourself to others, then you, and you don't think you measure up, then it's going to lead to depression. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it really, really, really will hurt you and yeah. hurt the others around you. You're going to wallow in self pity. Yeah. And you're going to look to try to, you know, discredit or cut others down to make yourself feel a little bit better. You know, like it, I mean, Hey, I I've done it. Yeah. Like I know, you know, you'd be scrolling through Twitter and you know, somebody posting like, Oh, you know, well that guy, that guy doesn't preach us positionally, you know, like he's yeah. just, you know, he's just catering to the, the world or whatever, you know, and yeah. you start to like these thoughts start to go through your head yeah. And man, that's a bad place to go. That's a, that's a, you it do is. not want to go down that path mm -mm. mentally or spiritually uh, because it just leads to bitterness. It leads to anger. And it's ultimately like, really, it's going to lead to depression because yeah. what you're doing is com you're comparing yourself to other people. I think, I, I think that's huge. And this is personal for me because this is something that God has really, uh, you know, worked on me on, you know, especially yeah. early on in my church planning journey. And you know, this, cause yeah. we had conversations about it where mm -hmm. I really, really struggled with, you know, expectations and yeah. not, 
um, you know, meeting those expectations and looking around me and, and kind of thinking that things were supposed to go a certain way. And when they yeah. didn't go that way, you know, I began to just get down on myself. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, and I've, I mean, I feel like sometimes it's cliche and because we say it so often now, but really, you know, it's so important to keep your eye on the fact that all God is asking of us is faithfulness. Yeah, you know? that's it. And I think that when you, um, I love, I love what your thought of just like making a practice of praising God and lifting others up on a yeah. platform. That's so cool. Like, uh, I just think that like, that's something I'm going to start applying in my life like yeah. this week. Actually, that's, so I, I learned something on our own podcast. Well, I mean, now, so. you know, like, uh, and it's so easy to do these days, right? I mean, like back in the day, you had to do it like in front of a group of people on like a Sunday morning or whatever. This is, I've, this is a good lesson to learn. This is just a good principle for how we live our lives and like period, you know, um, just constantly just encouraging people or building people up. It, it does something for your soul. It's like whenever, you know, um, I want to keep going back to this because like, I don't want people to hear this and think like, um, all these guys are saying that you shouldn't take medicine for depression or anything. We're, like, we're not saying that. We're not physicians. We're not doctors. I and, Can I just yeah, share the sure. listeners? I take medication for yeah. depression. I found something that works for me. Yep. I take it and I've, it's been really good ever since I started taking it. And yeah. so, and like, I found that like, I just don't really struggle with it like I used to anymore. And so yeah. I'm going to keep taking it because yeah. I'm in a really good place and yeah. ever, you know, you know? Yeah. So I, so we're, we're not, we're, we're definitely not saying, you know, um, you, you can or shouldn't or anything like that because obviously Jared does. Um, but man, it's, I know from my past experiences when I've really wrestled or battled with depression, um, to make a conscious decision to go out and do good for others, it builds you up. It lifts you up, you know, it, it, it encourages you. And, and, um, so just like when, when somebody says to me, man, I'm having a tough time with this or that, I, I it's tough if somebody's like clinically depressed, obviously they need, mm -hmm. they need help more than I can provide. But I like to take them by the hand and say, let's go love on people. Yep. Let's go minister to somebody. It's good. You know, and, um, it's amazing what happens when, you share the you shared the gospel or something with somebody mm -hmm. when you're feeling depressed. It's amazing, yeah. or when you pray and you don't want to mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Yeah, I uh, I'll just kind of uh, I, I wanted to share this story because I, I read it um, yeah. yesterday when I was uh, preparing for this episode, and I read a story about a guy um, who shared his um, about his father, a guy named Larry Sanders, and I forget his son's name. The son wrote wrote this article, but. Um, his son was describing how his father's battle with, with depression. His father was in ministry, was a mm. pastor. Yeah. And he said that, um, he said, this is what he said about his dad, Larry Sanders. He said he, he got, he got really stuck in the comparison game. He was doing a doctor of ministry degree and reading books on church growth, looking at models of how to make your church grow. And he was like, if, if I'm doing these things and my church isn't growing, mm. what does that say about me? And, and he told his son, you know, I, I feel like I'm a failure um, and you know, and his, and his son was like, you know, dad, what are you talking about? You're my hero. And uh, that was the last phone call he ever had Wow. his dad. His dad took his, took life, his life later that week. And I just read that. Jeez. And that really stuck with me because that was what stood out to his son Yeah, was, was that, that whole phone call. He was just beating on himself because mm. like, what good am I? If I, I can't even help my church grow, yeah. I'm a, I'm a failure. I've, you know, cause he had placed his identity in his ability to be able to grow his church. He's going yeah. for this doctor ministry. And when the things that he thought he was supposed to do didn't happen, right. he felt like he was worthless. 
And uh, I was just like, man, how heartbreaking is that? And yet how, <laughs> how prevalent is that? Yeah. You know, I think in, uh, I think there's so many guys, man, that are in, that are even in like staff roles or staff positions in churches and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're not joyful and, um, they, they start to ask all kinds of questions and man, it's what Satan wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he begins to pull us in a direction that we're not intended to go and we find our identity and, and our purpose in things that aren't of Christ or in Christ. And yep. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and, you know, we're talking about how so many guys, you know, like that start out in ministry and they don't like they're, they end up going and doing something else. And it's like, it's one thing, you know, like we've had this conversation before. Like it's one thing if somebody's like called to, to ministry and they're like, you know what? I don't, I don't feel called to do this full time anymore. Like I feel called to get a full time job and to do this like co-vocationally and stuff. And we say amen to that. Mm-hmm. But like, we're just talking about guys who just like, they just leave the ministry. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more increase, increasingly more where it's just like, and I don't think God ever removes that calling on our lives where he's like, you're not called anymore. I called you to preach, but now you're not called. You know, yeah. I don't think he works that way. No. So. Nope. I don't either. Um, I just wanted to, uh, just because you know statistics say it, and 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 I just have a feeling that you know this is probably the case is that the, more than likely there's m- several people listening to this podcast right now at least who are probably in that place right now, like that are you know, and that actually kind of just really hits me that that some of you guys listening, um, you know, you're. I just want you to know that like our hearts break for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we love lo- you and we love y'all because. Yeah. I just want you to know, like, like, man, <laughs> like, I think sometimes we forget the most simple things and we just need to return to the gospel. Yeah. Like you just need to be reminded that God loves you. Like mm. your heavenly father loves you no matter what you've done, no matter how quote unquote successful or unsuccessful you are in ministry. God's not asking anything from you except for your heart. He loves you. Uh, that's not going to change. You are made righteous uh, in Christ by the blood of Jesus alone. He mm. chose you from before the foundation of the world. Um, you had nothing to do with being chosen and yeah. you, you can't, you can't unqualify yourself yeah. uh, from being chosen. And um, Psalm 42 is a passage that uh, I've returned to many times throughout my life. And uh, I, I love, you know, Psalm 42, um, uh, the psalmist is is obviously going through a difficult time. You know, he says, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you. Um, you know, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? And so he's feeling mm-hmm. isolated. He's feeling alone. It was like, God, you know, in a sense, God's not there. But then I, I love how in verse five, and he, and he does this refrain twice in Psalm 42. He says uh, in verse five and verse 11, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Mm. He preaches to his own heart. Yeah. He preaches to his own soul. And he, he goes, you know, like, soul, <laughs> listen here. Yeah. Like, let, let's think about this, soul. Why are, why are you really cast down? Let's yeah. think about this objectively. Let's think about this in light of the truths of the gospel and the word of God. Why, do I have a, really have a reason to be cast down right now yeah. in light of the gospel? Wait a second. I have. I actually have a reason to rejoice. I just encourage Amen. you to go do that. Like, go spend some time in God's Word and preach the gospel to yourself, yeah. Pastor. Yeah. So. I think, man, that's a good word. I, I think something that's really helped me is um, when we think about, oh, 
when we think about our church and if it's growing, if it's not, or our impact and all, all of it's so small, mm. you know what I mean? It's, it, and that's helped me a lot. Um, when I, when, when things aren't going seemingly as well as I think they should be there, it's all so small, yep. you know, it's, um, you know, there's that old song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh yeah. I love that and one. I love that song. And, and, um, you know, the, the things of this world will grow strangely dim mm -hmm. and it really is true. When we focus on the gospel when we focus on Christ <laughs> and when we focus on others, we'll realize, man, it's not all about our church. It's not all about these people that I lead. It's not all about me. You know, it's about Christ. Mm -hmm. It's about a bigger picture. And someday it, we're going to be in his presence for eternity. And this is all just, this is all just, uh, it's not that big <laughs> nope. compared, comparative. So you're right, man. Being um, faithful and doing what God's asked us to do is really what matters. Yeah. So I just kind of, before we close out, I yeah. just want to talk practically real quick about uh, some steps that pastors and planners can take uh, to take care of themselves when it comes to mental health, when it comes to a depression, maybe, maybe for guys that are in the thick of it right now, or for guys that maybe, you know, uh, kind of, I guess, in a preventative measure, like how you can keep from getting into that place. Uh, what would you say are some things that guys can do uh, to take care of themselves? You know, number one, I mean, um, just the constant, the, uh, we we're just talking about this this morning, right? Just the, the steadiness, the steadfastness of our walk with God, mm -hmm. the steadfastness of our relationship with God. Anybody can shine bright for a little bit. I mean, stories of pastors and authors and it's like, oh, everybody knows them. And then especially now, you're right. Like they're going off the rails mm -hmm. and, and it's like anybody can do that for for a season or a moment or whatever, man. I just, I just want to steadfastly, like faithfully do what God's asked me to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would, I would say that's the number one thing: spending time with God every single day, whatever that looks like for you. Fighting against, and man, I don't always win this battle. Like I'll be completely honest. Like you know, uh, we don't have this figured out. We we struggle too, but you know every single day fighting to be with God. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a fight. Sometimes it's a grind. I know when I've gone through seasons of depression, I mean, the last thing you feel like doing is praying or reading your Bible or whatever. What you really want to do is just nothing, mm -hmm. you know? And um, we have to fight against that. So that abiding in Christ that I, I know one thing the Lord's been talking to me a lot about lately is even asking for the desire to do the things I know I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so it's like, before it's like, I just got to try harder. No, I need to even ask God to give me a desire mm -hmm. to pray and read his word mm -hmm. and to worship. So that's where I would always start. The other things, you know, we kind of have touched on. Um, if you, there are, there are men and women out there who have real problems, um, clinically that, 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 that a pastor to be frank, cannot help you with, you, um, you know, a pastor can, a good pastor will understand that, you know, we're not, we're not professional therapists. We're not professional mm -hmm. doctors. Um, like, you know, so there are some people out there, um, who, who actually need to be on medication, um, and, and need to work that process. Um, the other things, I mean, like what we eat, how we exercise, how we sleep, um, 
our relationships, all those kinds of things all play in my experience. They all, they all play a part in, in, um, our depression. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing that we're just going to put in my heart. Church planners have to wrestle with this a lot. When, in the beginning, especially when there weren't as many expectations uh, as far as like what I do with my time, um, when when you're not being productive with your time, when you're not being productive with your life, it leads to depression. Mm -hmm. uh, just what I've experienced personally. Mm -hmm. When you're not managing your life well, when you're just kind of oh doing, I'll, I'll get around to this, I'll get around to that. You're not looking at, you're not managing your calendar, you're not managing your time, you're mm -hmm. staying up till all hours in the night, you're whatever it might be, you know, you're sleeping in, waking up to watch Price of Right and eating a bowl of Fruit Loops, whatever it might be, <laughs> you know, like the, that will ultimately lead to depression because, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that we're, if we're living out that lifestyle, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're outside of God's will, right? Mm -hmm. like he wants us to be productive, yep. you know, for his kingdom. Mm -hmm. We're wired to work. We're wired to work. Amen. Yeah. So. You know, that's, 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 yeah, that's what I was mm -hmm getting at so it's good yep yeah i remember um like a, a while ago i started implementing you know like four rhythms into my life that, that yeah. really helped and number first of all was just like uh regular physical exercise yeah uh, i think is is huge that really does you know help you <laughs> i think like uh mentally uh continuing to learn so in like engaging your mind uh, be curious right like yeah. learn about things like i think that we were also made to to learn uh in addition to working hard uh, and then I, I think the other rhythm is uh, spending time building like relationships with people that you care about, right? So um, not getting so consumed with work that you're not, you know, you're like taking time to like to, to get to know new people, uh, even doing something like, man, like call your grandmother. Yeah. Just talk to her on the phone, right? When's yeah. the last time you did that? Yeah. You know, or, or, or call your, your, your parents or call your brother or sister. What, you know, go, you know, go see that friend that you haven't been talking yeah. to in a while, like, and just go and. And enjoy some fellowship with people that you care about. When I'm feeling bad, I just look at Peggy Hoyer Huntley's Facebook posts. It makes me always feel better. She's always so like, yeah, yeah. Peggy, this is Jared's grandma. It's, yeah, it's it's one a of, great it's lady. My, it's my grandma. She is. Yeah. She is. Um, She's fun. She is. She is. I'm going to so. meet her one of these days. Yeah, you should. Um, I think they came up here one time. But oh, did they? Yeah, but they weren't. They were at Fellowship Bosch, well, not at uh, FP. FP. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the other, obviously the fourth, the fourth, uh, aspect is spiritually like you've, we've already talked about that. You've got to be abiding in Christ. You've yeah. got to be, you've got to regularly be spending time in the word. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like, uh, yeah. And then uh, just don't isolate yourself. Um, that's another, uh, you know, important aspect. Have people around you that know, you know, your tendencies and that will be honest with you and that can, you know, care for you that you can feel safe with. Yeah. Uh, just being very open and honest and vulnerable. Like, you know, people that aren't going to be like, you know, you tell them like, man, I just feel like I want to quit ministry. Yeah. You know, and you can feel safe to tell them that like, man, yeah. I just don't want to do this anymore. And they can, yeah. and they're not going to freak out on you. Yeah, and go, they're gonna, oh, you know, <laughs> right. They're going to listen so, and, right, right. and be there for you. Mm -hmm. Man, you know, one thing is you're talking, I, w I was just thinking through, we have to be really careful to find not when we get into a place of depression, not to, find substitutes for, for our joy mm. because you know like uh man i know i i'm guilty of this like you know it's like 
uh, I've had a lifelong battle of food, man. And so you've had a bad day or whatever. It's like, just give me this favorite food or just give me that ice mm-hmm. cream and I'm going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like, yep. But ultimately, I mean, can we say that's sin? I mean, yep. we're finding something to bring us what only Christ should. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's so dangerous when we talk, when we bring in like to, um, you know, alcohol or tobacco or man, now the big thing is like marijuana. They're legalizing everything. And uh, that's going to be the next thing. I was having this conversation mm-hmm. with a, um, with a, a leader a couple of weeks ago, like in the church, you mean in the church, mm-hmm. I mean, yep. people are going to say like it's legal. Yep. Well, we we we've had conversations uh, about that. We've already had people ask us about it. Now, granted, they were uh, lost people or, or curious people. And granted, they were buttheads. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just no. They're just people we were reaching out to, but they, yeah, they you know they have questions like they genuinely want to know why, 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 what's what's wrong with it? God made it. You know? mm-hmm. it's yeah, natural, so, right? Yeah. God so, made cocaine as well, yeah. technically. Yeah. But but you know, but but what I'm saying is is that. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the whole it's legal argument is stupid to me, though. Like, oh, yeah. porn is legal. That doesn't mean that God yeah. thinks you should go do it. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's, so. yeah. I mean, there's, there's, um, yeah, I guess that's another episode, right? But, mm-hmm. but, but the, but the whole point is, I mean, you mentioned porn, porn as well. I mean, like anything that you go to to offer stimuli that's not supposed to, be there mm-hmm. you know or even if it's a good thing like is there anything inherently evil with having you know an ice cream cone no but you probably don't need three or, mm-hmm. or whatever you know mm-hmm. and so it's it's trying to it's just so crazy man how carnal we could be yep. you know i mean you think about post or pre-salvation you know you're trying to well i just need a good wife mm-hmm. and i'll be i'll be happy you mm-hmm. know and you get the good wife it doesn't make you happy you know and then post salvation i know i'm in christ but then you can still pursue Mm -hmm. these pleasures that you know and so i would just kind of as we wrap up today that i guess that'd be my marching orders Mm -hmm. like make sure you're make sure you're not filling that void with things that ultimately won't satisfy don't look to stuff to do for you what only god can do it's good it's yep that's a that's a big one man that's Mm kind of goes right back to the root of sin doesn't it it sure does so Man, it's been good. Um, uh, I hope that this has been a blessing to you guys as listeners. And uh, hey, you know, if there's just any way we can specifically be praying for you guys, we would love it. Uh, we'd love the privilege to do that. And so yep. you can send us a message and you don't have to give us details or, or anything. Like maybe you just say, you know what, I just need some prayer this week. And that's all you, you need to do is just say, hey, Matt and Jared, could you guys be praying for me? Uh, and you can go on our website, www.getinthetrenches.com. Uh, and you can uh, send us an email via the website there, uh, and we'd be honored to pray for you uh, by name and, mm-hmm. and um, you know any way that we can help. That's why we do this. Uh, we just want to serve you guys because, like um, you know, like we say, this is a podcast by everyday church planners for the everyday church planner. Uh, we don't posit ourselves as experts. Um, nope. We're just learning as we go. Uh, and we know that you guys are too, and we want to be a, a brotherhood. We want to be able to continue to to do this together uh, and support one another and lift each other up like the body of Christ should. So, um, uh, guys, uh, also would love it if you could help us just get the word out about In the Trenches. Maybe there's somebody that you know that, that this episode specifically would be a blessing to. So uh, if you could do us a big favor and just jump on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, and uh, just share a link. Uh, to uh, this episode to end the trenches so that uh, people can become aware of it 
uh, and so that we can get this podcast into the hands of more church planters and more fans of church planting. Uh, as let me always, just say oh, one. Let me just say one last thing. I yes. cut you off completely. It's okay. Just did it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. C.S. Lewis says this: the great thing to remember is that though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. That's good. Yeah, that is good. I like that one. Yeah. Finish your conclusion. Oh, I can I can finish now? You can finish now. Okay. You have my permission. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like you need it. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. We're going to be back next Monday, as always, with another episode of In the Trenches. But until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planner. Yeah.